Today's guest really needs no introduction. I'm super excited to have on the podcast, Robert Rafkin, CEO of Compass. We're going to talk about his story, which is an amazing story, story of founding Compass, and then bringing it to the Texas market, where it's now the number one brokerage. Welcome to the show. Well, I recently read your book, and then I've heard your story some other places. But for our audience, I was wondering if we can start with your story and kind of start from the beginning, because I think you have a fascinating story, Robert. Absolutely. Um, I'm originally from the Bay Area, San Francisco. My mom was from Israel, moved to New York, and then moved to San Francisco. My father was from Louisiana, and he was African-American, and they met in Berkeley, California. Uh Uh, She raised me as a single mother, and she was actually disowned by her parents for having an interracial relationship. Uh, And so she really just did it by herself. And so I saw her as an entrepreneur, someone who was an agent, first Mm -hmm. in life insurance, then as a real estate agent. And uh, I saw her deal with rejection every day and move forward. And it's just this kind of small family of two dreaming big every year about the things that we would uh, accomplish together. And so she helped me apply to private high school, Mm -hmm. uh, helped me apply for scholarships, helped me apply, of course, for college. And then when I moved back to New York City, uh, to go to Columbia, she came to New York, and uh, and now she's actually a real estate agent at Compass. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw on your Instagram that you were at her open house the other night or something. Yeah, like, recently. I, yeah, every Sunday I take my family to an open house to support our agents. Uh-huh. And yesterday it was her open house. Oh, that's super cool. They're like, <laughs> Grandma, it's you. Did they yeah. know when they went to the open house? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of had an entrepreneurial upbringing. I did from the get go, and I know you talked about your first business. Well, your second business, I think was Rude Boy Productions, like as a DJ. Yeah, I was a DJ in high school, and I did a lot of the private school parties. I did bar and bat mitzvahs. I did a, even a wedding or so. And my friends were the heads of their dance committees at the different schools. Okay. They, would, they would be the people that would hire me. Yeah, and I, I, what was it like to make like $100,000 in high school? It, you know, it was a lot of money. I mean, we were in high school it, around the same time. It was a it, lot of money back then. It, it, it was a lot of money, but I think it was the first example where when you really love what you do and money doesn't come first, money mm. follows, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't really do it for money. I, I, it was a business, but I loved it so much that it ended up being something I would do four days a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be $250 or even $500 uh, per per night and yeah I loved it and then the money followed yeah so what was the song that like almost every time you played (laughs) well so my secret was I had the rude boy productions guarantee Mm -hmm. which meant that I would promise you that I would play up to 25 songs that as long as you gave it to me a week in advance and if I didn't play one of those then you would get your money back and the reason I was able to do that I was one of the first people that got CD players as part of like the DJ mixing equipment mm-hmm. and those songs that you would ask for would generally be on the top, top 25, this or the, the hits of the eighties or the, was the album Forrest Gump is a two D two uh, CD. Oh, that they, album. Yeah, the they CD. had so many songs on there yeah. that people liked <laughs> sweet home, Alabama. Yeah. Right. So you would have <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 almost every party. Yeah. Are you still into music today? I am, but not as much as I used to be. Okay. I, I wish I, I, I could. Like on your iPhone, though, is there a song that you like gravitate towards all the time? No, there's not. I, I do like, 
And I still like Bob Marley a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably a more chill vibe. Exactly. After a very long day here. <laughs> exactly. Help me go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're kind of a person who's like move fast. It's kind of a value. You're always on the go. One of the things that impressed me about your story was like your high school counselor said, don't bother applying to Columbia. You're not going to get in. And you said, no, I'm going to apply. And then you not only got in, but you did it in two and a half years. Like, can you tell me about that? What that was like? I went to Columbia and I wanted to graduate early. The reason why is I was paying, I was paid for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was a lot of money. <laughs> and so if you, if you, if you take more credits in a semester and you graduate earlier, you don't have to spend as much money. And so I thought that made sense. Uh-huh. And it was also around a period of time where the internet, you know, internet bubble in the, the Bay area where some people weren't even going to college or graduating mm-hmm. early. And I think it was Michael Dell, like, you know, dropped uh, off out and yeah. started something. And so I, I thought it would just apply, apply my efforts just to graduate okay. earlier. Now I wasn't the best student. I was a C student in high school and in college. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I was able to graduate. Yeah, well, I have a friend that was like, "Do you get degrees?" <laughs> I was like, "That's true." <laughs> so, but I mean, that's like twenty or thirty credit hours every semester. It, it was a lot. You know, I was working as a um, work study, yeah. So it oh, was twenty wow. to forty hours a week in um, in the business school. I was in the dean's office, uh, depending on you know, which week, but it's closer to twenty usually. And I would just work there and do Oz. You know, do errands for uh-huh. the, for the dean's office in the business school. Wow! So that's kind of cool mentorship too that you got from the dean because you already started to get exposure to leaders and how they think about things. Y- yes, but I think it was also I got exposure to seeing people that were in places where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in college, I was spending a lot of time in the business school library and you know walking past the business school you know students, and I was like, that's where I want to go. Yeah, and so it was. It was inspirational. I think I was always looking for inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was you know I was living in Berkeley and I decided to go to high school at what at the time was one of the best high schools in the Bay Area in San Francisco called University High School. But that was more than an hour each way of commute. Wow, uh, and it's a lot for high school. Yeah, but it was amazing, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, felt, that, I felt every day. Network. Well, I just felt like I was going to the big city to change my stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for college. I went to New York, and and yes, it was Columbia, but it was really New York to 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 make yeah. the anything possible, yeah. And so, I, I think even like at Columbia undergrad in the business school, I've always tried to be around an environment where people dream big. Mm-hmm. Where did you get that mindset? My mom. Okay. You know, when when I was young, you know, my first memories every night when she put me to bed, she would say you know, don't have sweet dreams, have big dreams. Mm. And, and she told me to dream of all the wonderful things that I would be. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, she, you know, like real estate agents, you know, every year, many agents are like, this is my best year ever. This is my best year ever. It's a very entrepreneurial, positive group of people. And she's one of those kind of personalities where she's 78 years old. She literally told me this year, this is gonna be my best year ever. That's so awesome. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that's fascinating to me, and I've always liked watching leaders and how they make decisions, and that's kind of a thread that you've always found leaders to look up to and get inspiration from. And then I think you founded a nonprofit kind of on the same vein of serving underserved or first-generation college students. Is that 
Yeah, correct? I started a nonprofit called New York Needs You. It's now in four states, so we now we call it America Needs You. Uh, but it serves students who are first in their family to go to college and below the poverty line, giving them career development, college uh-huh. support, and two summer internships. And we have for each one of them a mentor coach who works with them every other week for the first year, and then uh, a little less frequently for the second year uh, to coach them through the process of from college to career. Yeah, that's so impactful to think about it. Like uh, reading the stats in your book, like I didn't realize that first generation college students did not always. I thought it was like, oh, almost everybody makes it out of college, but apparently that's not the case. Exactly. The, the idea was. If you're first in your family to go to college, that means it's very likely there's no one in your family that you can go to to help you understand what are the common interview questions for your first job right. out of college or what's that, you know, the elevator test. And, you know, someone's going to ask, what are your strengths or weaknesses in that interview? <laughs> right. you know, you, the first <laughs> never fail question. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and, you know, you, you should be able to have someone around you to help prepare for those moments so you're not going in for the first time without an understanding of what that interview is going to be like. Yeah. So now uh, your first job was at McKinsey, which is that elusive job that everybody wants. Like I know McKinsey McKinsey is like a top tier firm. What was that like going there right out of school? And that was kind of a stepping point for your career, I think. Yeah. At McKinsey, it's a a consulting firm. And I was there for two years before going back to business school. Uh, I can tell you for certain uh, I realized at that point that the preparation in school really mattered. Yeah. I was around the smartest people that I, I had ever yeah. been around. It made it so when I went back to business school, I worked incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. I think it was for me, it was the wake up moment where if where I saw what the highest level of uh, effort and talent and commitment was in the workplace. And I realized if I'm going to be successful there, when I go back to come to business school, I need to really, really focus. Yeah. When I went to business school, the consultants were often very well prepared for the curriculum. Yeah. yeah they were I, yeah. very good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I was a veteran and we, I, all the veterans were invited to math camp for grad school because it was like, okay, like we're not sure if you'll be prepared. Like we know you'll have the leadership part down, but let's make sure you can do the quantitative skills. None of the consultants were invited to, <laughs> to math camp. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about founding Compass. So I think you founded Compass in 2012 and the original idea for Compass was actually a pitch to help you get a job in private equity. Is that, is that can you talk about that? Yeah, I was working at Goldman Sachs in the time after also being a White House fellow the, before that, which, um, which is a program where I served as a senior advisor to the Secretary of the mm-hmm. Treasury. Uh, and at Goldman Sachs, I was there for approximately six years and I was looking for the next job. I could just tell that it was time to move on. And there's a, a person named Bio Ogun Lessi who is a CEO of Global Infrastructure Partners. Okay. And I asked him if I could interview to work for him. And he said that if, he said, okay, how about you do an, as part of the interview process, you develop two business ideas. And you put as much effort as that into that as you do into everything else, like the nonprofit that you started. And I started charter school as well, that he supported those efforts. He said, put a lot of effort into a new business idea. Mm-hmm. So I came back with two business ideas, one of which was Urban Compass at the time, which was a rental 
um, a rental company powered by technology. And he said, great idea, go do it. <laughs> and I said, wait, what am I to talk? Exactly. I was like, no, dude, I was just, this is part of the interview yeah. process, I thought. And he said, if you were my son, I'd, I would really push you to go off and try to start something. How about this? Uh, I'll be your first investor. I'll give you a, a reasonable amount of money. And if you fail in a year, come back and then I'll hire you. Yeah. And so he really pushed me to do something that I would never have done. Mm-hmm. I had to, I just, just about to get married. I was about to have my first kid. I, I helped you know, support my, my mother at the time. And so I, I didn't have All that risk those life things. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's risky starting a business. Exactly. What a, what a blessing yeah. uh, to have the support, not just financially, but like almost intellectual capital behind you when you start a new endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 my instinct was to say no. But when he said, I'll be your first investor. And if you fail in a year, then I'll hire you. I was, I, I was trying to come up with a reason why no, but it's like, actually, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> and now here we are today, 11 years later. So we just yeah. said the 10th anniversary of Compass with a slightly different business model. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about Compass is the entrepreneurship principles. And there's the eight entrepreneurship principles. I, I don't know when those came about, but I, I maybe you could talk about those a little bit. Yeah, we have eight entrepreneurship principles. We developed them about halfway into the company's life, five okay. years in, when we realized they were getting bigger and it'd be good to put something together so people knew what the culture of Compass was. But we didn't want it to be formal uh, corporate principles. Yeah. And so we thought, what's really authentic? Okay, we're a company of entrepreneurs that serve entrepreneurs, real estate agents mm-hmm. that are the largest group of entrepreneurs in the country, over a million strong, largest industry dominated by women, largest industry that pushes people in their 60s and 70s to grow and get better. Uh, people like my mom, just yeah. push them out of the door. You, know, you can work as late as you, you like. An industry of families that work together, I'd say probably 10% of our top teams are families that are working together. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. You have the yeah. husband and wife teams or the you know son and daughter or you know, exactly. mom and daughter yeah, teams. It, it's such a, such a great community. And so entrepreneurs building for entrepreneurs. And we set out to have eight entrepreneurship principles. Mm-hmm. They're dream big, which means your dreams are the cap to your potential. You'll never be bigger than your dreams. Uh, so you might as well dream big. Right. Two is move fast. Uh, if you don't move fast, someone else will. Three, learn from reality. The greatest advantage you have in life is the speed at which you learn. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn fast. How do you learn fast? You look to your left, you look to your right at proven models of success and be the fastest integrator of proven ideas, not the first to come up with a new idea. You have be solutions driven, obvious. You have obsess about opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have collaborate without ego, which is I'd say one of the the favorites of the company. Uh, then you have you know two more maximize your strengths, which mean you know a lot of people they go to sleep at night thinking about what they did wrong that mm-hmm. day, uh, as opposed to thinking about what they're best in the world at. And uh, we really try to encourage people to focus on their strengths and minimize their weaknesses, but maximize their strengths. And then lastly bounce back with passion. Yeah. It, the entrepreneurial journey requires you to have failures. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you fail, you have to bounce back with passion. And the way at least I do that, you know, when you're really, you had a really hard time, tough day, you, you have a new dream. And that new dream, just like the way my mom taught me when I was a little baby, it, that gives you the energy to, to, to go forward. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I love the entrepreneurship values. 
bounce back with passion in real estate i think that's that's key right you could have a lot of mental emotional even financial you know invested in things and they could fall apart at the last minute and the client still needs to be served and so yeah Yeah. bounce back (laughs) yeah i think uh the superpower of the entrepreneur and for sure the real estate agent is the ability to bounce back at passion most people don't have the ability to deal with rejection and still move forward Mm -hmm. but agents are actually you know they're almost like so good about it. it's almost like a second <laughs> like nature <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's the nature of the transaction there's so many so many things that don't go the, your way and it's your job to help you know, bring it from here and move it forward right are you a real estate agent listening to this podcast our team is growing to find out more about joining a fun, service-minded team, go to hastingsre.com slash careers. That's H-A-I-S-T-I-N-G-S-R-E dot com slash careers. But after reading your book, I really thought more about move fast because you also talked about moving fast means sometimes taking time to slow down and assess and be grateful. And I, I really liked that about your approach there. Yeah, yeah, no, I uh, move, my favorite, I would say, I most admire bounce back a passion. Like when I see mm-hmm. people do that, it's like, I mean, that's, that's the America, you know, that's Rocky yeah. Balboa, right? right. You know, the, the best movies have their, you know, they're, they're, they're someone who's trying the, the and then comeback. They, yeah, it's the great comeback. So yeah. I, I mean, I love that. But outside of that, collaborate with that, without ego is a very, that's my compass favorite. Dream big is my, you know, that's the, the happy one. But I, I actually think learn from reality is the greatest way to create success that the fewest people do mm-hmm. because it just means you're learning off of the shoulders of those that have come before you but i do think a lot of people want to reinvent the wheel there's a reason why people say don't reinvent the right. wheel yeah. because a lot of people <laughs> want the wheel to already do. works <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah just the, the the answer is so often in front of you mm-hmm. uh and it and i mean think about what compass is my goal wasn't to reinvent the wheel. Now we're the largest brokerage firm in the country, you know, 30,000 agents strong. Uh, we built, we've invested over $1.5 billion into this technology platform uh, that for agents. We have things like Compass Concierge, where we front load the cost mm-hmm. of home improvement services, staging, deep cleaning, cosmetic repair uh, for sellers and get paid out of the proceeds. We have what's viewed as the largest agent referral network in the country where 10% of all of our transactions are our agents referring their clients to other agents. But we have Compass coming soon, Compass private exclusives. A lot of these things that we pursued and built were things that we observed in the industry. And we just said, how can we integrate them all into one single place for our agents and, on, and their clients? Yeah. Well, that's something I wanted to also ask you about is like a lot of tech companies and AI, they're invested in eliminating the agent. And Compass has taken the opposite approach, which is how can we enable agents and give them the tools and technology? What's your vision, like big picture, for how that technology is used? We build technology to empower the agent's relationship with their client, not to replace it. Mm -hmm. I think there are technology companies that are using agents to power the technology uh, by giving them listings and inventory, and then they're... Um, I, would, I would call that agent power tech. We are we are trying to create and empower agents with tech, so tech-powered agents. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal is to build technology that allows you to reduce 
the non-core administrative and arts and crafts tasks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, called arts and crafts. That's a good choice of words. <laughs> and give you more time to be with your clients or your family. So help mm-hmm. you grow your business or have a better quality of life. Yeah, you talked about time just a moment ago. Something I think about a lot, something I'm always wondering about with leaders is how do they allocate their time? It's a very scarce resource. And as a CEO of a major company, like how do you, what's one single tip you might give to an entrepreneur about time management? Don't pursue work-life balance. Uh, I th- and instead pursue work-life integration. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people ask themselves about work-life balance, and I just haven't seen the end of that conversation that is happy. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's design. It's like one of those mathematical problems that can never be answered. But work-life integration can be mm-hmm. where you know, as a kid, your mom can take you to the open house. Right. Called work-life integration. Yeah. Um, and as an adult, you can <laughs> take your kids to the open house. Exactly. Yeah. As an adult, you can take your kids. Yeah. And I guarantee you, they will learn um, about work, about customer service, about excellence, about passion, about commitment, about doing what you say you're going to do. Although you know, I, I, and so I, I I pursue in as many ways possible. Um, work-life integration with my wife, with my kids. And so we have dinner at our house uh, several times every month where we invite agents and employees to our house on Friday. Every Sunday, again, I bring my family to open houses to support our agents. Um, I've welcomed thousands and thousands and thousands of agents and employees to compass with my kids in the background. My <laughs> wife just told me that she says they roll my eyes when I do that. I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids, you know, they, they're straight shooters. <laughs> exactly. I, I have to bribe them with ice cream. I'm worried that it's getting cold out because I want to, I don't know if they're going to want ice cream as much uh, ice for the open houses. But I just feel like work life, Integration is actually a fun and happy mm-hmm. uh, exercise to think about, and and that's that's what I, I pursue. I think it's a great tip because balance is like so one thing. I, I always think about a balance. It's like you're describing yeah. how do we can put everything in harmony where we can make it all work. Yeah, nicely. like that work life harmony. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think harmony is, is together, mm-hmm. and and it feels so good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of hard work starting a company and then running a company as it grows. Like. How do you stay motivated day in and day out? Well, it goes back, I think, to the entrepreneurship principles, dream Mm -hmm. big. And I believe I have to be as entrepreneurial as the agents I serve. I believe agents are my clients. I work for agents, not the other way around. And the standards are high because I see how above and beyond the best agents go for their clients. So I have to do that for them. Why do you think I call, you know, agents uh, to welcome them and employees every day? Why do you think I have those dinners at my house? You know, why do you think uh, I travel on average three to four days a week to different cities in the country yeah. to to meet with agents and employees? These are all client events, just like mm-hmm. agents do. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm in the customer service business, the client service business, with the best cli- client service professionals in the world. I'm like, oh, I got to step up my game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going all in. They're doing podcasts. Oh, now I need a podcast. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we keep going. Yeah, that's true. There's always another level too. It, it, and I also, I think right now, look, challenges equal opportunity. Opportunity equals challenge. Mm. I, I think there's more. I think this market is 
your greatest opportunity just disguised as a challenge and same for Compass because the majority of people have moved away from people. Mm-hmm. And we're not in the real estate business, we're in the people business. Right. And so while people are doing text messages, I'm doing phone calls. When people are doing a video conference, uh, I'm trying to meet people in open houses in the living room, right? right? It's like, this is a great opportunity to connect more with people, and that in a way is the challenge. How can you connect with more people than anyone else that you compete against? And I think the flaw of this environment over the last three years which you're either going to benefit from it or you're going to be on the wrong side of it is this sentence. Well, I'm just as productive at home. I'm just as productive at home. And it's not about productivity. It's about connectivity. Whoever mm-hmm. connects the most gets the most opportunity. Whoever yeah. connects the most grows the most. And so that that's really the focus. People don't know how much people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. But it's hard to show how much you care virtually. My video producer and I were just talking about this yesterday when we were kind of running around New York City. It's like we're, we're like we think there's gonna be a backlash where people are gonna want to bounce back towards dealing with people more because like customers have dealt so much with technology and I use the example of like calling the phone company like it's just it's brutal. <laughs> You're like I'll do the extra work to go to the store and talk to a person, and so I, I think. My perception, and maybe you disagree, is that the society is going to move back towards like everybody will value that relationship more. I, I, I don't. I really don't know. I, I've I've never seen so many talented people that I respect like opt out of connection and people. And, right. And I think it's. I think it's. Just, I don't know what's happened, but I can tell you for certain, work from home mm-hmm. is the greatest thing that's ever happened for people who aren't working from home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, like, where the competition go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, where is everybody? And so if you're if you're, you know, if I were an agent, my home office would be the dog park. My home office would be uh the coffee shop. It'd be the restaurant, It'd be where I drop my kids off to school and pick them up. Mm-hmm. It'd be where there's hundreds of people that I could interact with. That's where the opportunity is, the magic. My home office what it would not be is at home alone. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. For it's so the lure of staying at home, but you're saying it's also the lure of not working, not making connections. Yeah, it just if, if we're, what they say about real estate, we're not in the real estate business, we're in the people business. Right. And if that's true, it's the wonderful thing because again, I think a lot of people are moving away from people. The text I there's a lot of listing pages that you now see where in the agent remarks it says, text, don't call. Right. That drives <laughs> me nuts. Yeah. 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 Every once in a while you're on a text back and forth and you're like, if we could just pick up the phone for 20 seconds. We could sort this all the, out. Yeah. Just pick up the phone. Just give me two minutes and we can resolve this issue. Yeah. But it's not hard. 400 emails. And, and it's hard to build trust virtually. Yeah. It's hard to collaborate virtually. It, you don't have the spontaneous moments of context sharing and ideation. And so I, that, that for me is the moment that we are in is the, the the opportunity created by the moment that we are in in definitely in real estate but in many professions yeah. is to lean more into people when others are leaning out yeah that's such a great insight like i yeah my i was in the army and in the army it was all about people people was the whole thing and they never ever imagine like a scenario where you're like oh we'll just do our training from home like no 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 no, no, no. like that's not how teams are built at least that was their perspective yeah i want to talk a little bit about compass in texas so i'm based out of texas a lot of our audience is texas and i know you launched the dallas market in 2017. rumor has it you're a big fan of texas but what's the compass vision for texas well you know texas one of the most important markets in the country 
Uh, I love all our markets. Of but course. To, it's a big state, though. <laughs> it's a big state. Um, the, the vision is to have the best platform with the best people. You know, you know, the best technology with the best team to be high tech, high touch, and be viewed as having, being collaborative, uh, having you know the most the you know, the best culture, right? Mm-hmm. And so being selective. I think we're in an environment where a lot of the brokerage firms are moving away from in person. There's more we call discount brokerages mm-hmm. that we call virtual brokerages, yeah. where they don't believe in office space. I believe heavily in office space. Right. Uh, and because I believe in people and in-person connection. And so, and also I think there's a lot of firms that have less standards. And so I think the opportunity for us, let's just say there's motel six and there's four seasons, uh-huh. um, opportunity to be more four seasons on the support and services to agents yeah. and their clients, but also you know, being selective. That's funny. That's, that's the reason I joined compass from another brokerage was, I was using retail though. I was like, I don't really want to be at the Walmart or brokerages. I want to be at the Nordstrom or brokerages because that's about service and adding higher level value and higher level advice. So it's not use hotels. I use retail. Um, I hear you go to Texas next week. Uh, I'm going to the state fair. At least that's our, our local team's plan. Uh, that's great. I'm, well, I'm going to be in Texas this week and next week. Oh gosh. This Thursday <laughs> I'm in Austin and then next week I'm going to be in Dallas, Austin, and Houston. Wow, and, that is a crazy travel schedule. You know, I've always wanted to go to the state fair. Yeah, it's and next so, level in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring my kids. Oh, so that, that, yeah. So that'd be a great example of work-life integration. Yeah, yeah. that would be tons of fun. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Everything is bigger in Texas too. And we were just commenting on the conference room here. We're in in the New York office. We're like, the rooms are a little bigger in the Texas office. Is like uh, the state me, fair is definitely bigger and next level I, 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 than other places. I know the the Park City's office well. It's really yeah. big and <laughs> it's tall beautiful. And and it's big, exactly. And and uh, I'm pretty sure you have at the state fair because I talked to my kids about it. Triple fried Oreos, triple fried yeah. like, Twinkies. <laughs> yes. It's alarming the amount of fried food you can find <laughs> at the Texas State Fair. Um, a lot of our audience is Texas, or they're thinking about moving to Texas. Why would you say they should pick a Compass agent over another agent when they're making that move? Well, you know, first, you know, ta- Texas is one of the hottest markets in the country because it's a warm weather, low tax state, yeah. <laughs> and you know that that's really been benefiting over the last yeah. number of years. But why use a Compass agent? If, you, if you're thinking about buying a property, mm-hmm. we have a tool called Collections, where it's the only place where you can have a collaborative search. It's like a Pinterest board for real estate, yeah. where you, and if you're searching with somebody else, like your spouse, can work with the agent, and anyone can put in a listing, comment on it. When there's a, a, sta- a status change or a price drop, you can see it all in one place. Uh, and you can use it before, during, or after the transaction and even monitor it afterwards. Yeah. So that's one example. We have something called tour sheets where you will have your entire tour in one single place digitally and you could comment on there as well as you're going through the tour. Uh, we have our agents are able to spend more time with you as a buyer and again, less time on the non-core tasks that take them away from their client activities because we have more support and more tools. Then uh, we also, to the extent you know, you're thinking about another market, we're the number one brokerage firm in the country and number one in more top cities than any brokerage mm-hmm. has ever existed. So for if for some reason you're starting the search in Dallas, but you decide to switch to Austin, 
you know, we can help you with that and, and connect you seamlessly through the same tools right? Um, uh, and through the same you know, company. Yeah, I had a client who was referred to me, but she had been using a compass agent in LA. And she says, oh, I get it. I know the compass tools because my agent in LA is from compass. And she really liked it and had a great experience. I think collections is my favorite tool as an agent, but also from the collaboration with a client, especially somebody out of state that's moving somewhere else. Like you can really do some pre-searching on there and curate their list. So the way they get here, they're not wasting time. And ne next year, early next year, we're launching the first version of the client portal, which will be basically an extension of collections through all the way through the close of the transaction with the, yeah. the timeline, the tasks, the, the live CMA, uh, and everything else as part of the negotiation, all the forms, yeah. files, e-signature, listing agreement, everything in one place. I'm super excited for that. Like that's the mystery in real estate is like, how do we make it seamless from end to end? Exactly. And that's obviously great for agents because it streamlines it for us. But I also think as an agent, I think about the customer. You're thinking about me, the customer for Compass, but I'm thinking about the client and that's going to be an amazing tool. So I'm super excited to see that launch. And I'm happy to sign up for the beta test in Texas. All right. <laughs> well, uh, our head of technology is right, right outside. outside. Okay, great. <laughs> um, we've covered a lot of ground today, and I know you're a super busy man, so thank you for your time, Robert. Thank you. What's something you wish I would've asked you, or what else did you, uh, anything else you wanna share with our audience? What I'm most proud of this year, and it, it's similar, remember, what made the DJ business successful, it wasn't focused on money, it was mm -hmm. what I, I loved the people I worked with and the people that I was doing parties for, the same is true about Compass. And in a period of time where culture has been stolen from every company mm -hmm. in the country and the world because of COVID, I am incredibly proud that we have brought our humanity back. Yeah. That we have brought our culture back into this company. And so thank you so much for being here today because this is culture. Yeah. Uh, this is collaboration, connection, community. That's Compass. Um, and so that's what I'm most thankful for and proud of at this moment. And what I'm most excited by for the future is, um, you know, I, again, I believe that the, f the future of real estate shouldn't just be tech or people. It should be both. Mm -hmm. And I love, it, it's the ultimate reflection of collaborate without ego. And I think it's pretty clear from any agent at Compass, we've already built the best tech for agents. And now I think is to really double down on culture community when a lot of broker trims are becoming le more virtual, less present. Mm -hmm. and, and so my dream, again, by the end of the next year, it, Compass is universally viewed, of course we have our client portal, but universally viewed as having the best technology and the best culture. Yeah, and thank you for that, because I really value the culture here. I mean, it's super impactful as an agent. So thank you for your leadership on that, on that front. And what an awesome you. goal. Again, thanks for your time, Robert. I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, in Dallas, awesome. <laughs> Have you been thinking about moving to North Texas? Maybe you're looking in Plano, Dallas, Frisco, or the surrounding communities. Each year, our team helps dozens of families make the move to Texas. We'd love to help you begin your journey. Learn more on our website at HastingsRE.com. That's H-A-I-S-T-I-N-G-S-R-E.com.